Good Monday. Welcome in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Maurice Patton here on this Monday Mirror Edition as we take a look back at the weekend in sports. It's going to be a lot of fun. Got a lot to get to today, but Mo, how are things? Uh, it's Monday. Can, can you, are you good now? I'm good enough. Hey, we'll take it. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll take we'll take good enough for right now. We'll fix it later. I yeah. uh, hope you guys are having a great, great Monday. And if not, we hope that this show will brighten your day because we have a couple interesting topics to get into, mainly college football, the National Football League. But uh, we've also got the Braves and some big news in the world of baseball right here from Hit City. So, plenty to get to. Make sure you guys stick around. Uh, we've got so much we need to hop right in. So, let's go ahead and give you the weekend results and today's schedule on The Rundown. This is The Rundown. The Monday Rundown is brought to you by Zion Christian Academy. ZCA offers a faith-based, Christ-centered education in Murray County. Give them a call today at 931-388-5831 or visit zioneagles.org to schedule your appointment today. Zion Christian Academy, prepared for college, equipped for purpose. Football action from the weekend. Baylor downs Brentwood Academy 31-24. Battleground Academy shuts out Hunters Lane 51-0. It was Blackman 24, Siegel 21. Big win for the Blaze there. Briarcrest Christian downs Father Ryan 28-21. And Centennial was a 17-14 winner over Nolansville. Clarksville 38, Dixon County 10. Henry County a 52-14 winner over Northeast. Northwest falls to West Creek, 34-8. It was Riverdale, 49. Coffee County, nothing. Collinwood, 40-7 winners over Clarksville Academy. Columbia Academy downs. Ezell Harding, 55-28. It was Christ Presbyterian, 41. Good Pasture, 14. Davidson Academy, 36. Pope Prep, 15. Smith County, a 14-7 winner over East Robertson. A fantastic ball game. Memphis University School, 19, 14 winners over Ensworth. Creekwood falls to Fairview, 24-7. And Franklin Road Academy gets a 42-21 win over East Nashville. Giles County downs Lincoln County, 45-18. Page, a 42-6 winner over Glencliff. Nashville Christian edges Grace Franklin, 39-36. And White House triples up Greenbrier, 30-10. Gallatin. Big 24-10 win over the Hawks of Green Hill. It's Beach 34, Hendersonville 14. Loretto down Hickman County 37-14. And Hillsboro was a 35-0 winner over Lawson. Richland edges Huntland 18-14. Ravenwood kicks a field goal to win it at the end of the game to beat Independent 16-14. Cheatham County 2013 winners over Joe Burns. Brentwood shuts out John Overton 38-0. Rossview shuts out Kirkwood 31 to nothing. It was fun while it lasted for the Cobras. Kane Ridge with a 3 nothing victory over Laverne, the first win of the year for the Ravens. Lebanon 37, Watertown nothing. First meeting since 1964 between those two. Lewis County behind 304 yards from sophomore Micah Godfrey defeats Mount Pleasant. 43-14, handing the Tigers their first loss of the year. Coverage at Main Street Murray on that one. Liberty Creek 42, Westmoreland 14. Haywood 42, Maplewood nothing. McCauley with a 35 nothing win over Montgomery Bell Academy. Also, Smyrna Blank and McGavick 34 nothing. The Bulldogs' first win of the year. Middle Tennessee Christian. Somebody on our panel called this one. 
and it wasn't me. <laughs> With a 16-14 win over the Commanders of Friendship Christian, Donaldson Christian Academy 54, Mount Juliet Christian nothing, Springfield blanks Portland 35 nothing. It was Stratford 53, Republic 14. Oakland with a 35-0 win over Rockvale. Lawrence County defeats Spring Hill 35-12. Coverage of that one on MainStreetMurray.com, courtesy of Mr. Yao. Pearl Cone with a 55-0 win over Station Camp. Antioch 34, Stewart's Creek 27. Look out for the Bears. Harpeth with a 33-25 comeback victory at Summertown. Summit defeats Franklin 13-7, White House Heritage 20, uh, Sycamore 14. It was Providence Christian 20, the Kings Academy 15. Tullahoma with a 34-14 win over Columbia Central. Mainside defeated Eagleville 30-22. White's Creek on the new turf defeated Montgomery Central 24-22. And Mount Juliet doubles up Wilson Central plus one. <laughs> 47-23. In eight-man football, Chattanooga Grace comes to Zion Christian and gets out with a 48-22 victory. Volleyball on Friday, Hampshire down Santa Fe, 3-1. Uh, <laughs> Soccer action, Smyrna down Antioch, 5-4. Major League Baseball action over the weekend, Cubs sweep the Rockies, 6-0-6-3-4-3. Brewers. Win game one, 16 to one, but that's all the offense they can muster. The Marlins win two and three, five to four, and six to one. The Pirates, seven five winners on Friday over the Reds, and then the largest comeback in franchise history to defeat the Reds in game two, 13 to 12. The Reds did salvage a win on on Sunday, however, four to two. Braves take three of four in the in the four game series they win on Friday nine to six lose Saturday lose Sunday game one three to two and game two they win eight to five it was the Royals sweeping the Astros Wow seven five three two and six five there Padres take two of three from the Cardinals four two and 12 two on in the finale Cardinals win five two on Saturday minor league action the sounds sweep. The weekend portion of the six-game series, 8-5, 10-9, and 8-4 over Jacksonville. I think they wound up winning five or six, right? They did. Okay. And yet, the Bulls never lose. <laughs> College football action of area interest over the weekend. Tennessee with a 45-14 win over the Roadrunners of Texas San Antonio. Kentucky with a 45-28 win over host Vanderbilt. I never would have thought this game was going to get to that score. Not in the third quarter. Yeah. Um, Colorado State ruins homecoming for the Blue Raiders, winning 31-23 at Middle Tennessee State. Jacksonville State, the Rich Rods, defeat visiting Eastern Michigan 21-0. Austin P with a 22-20 win over Stephen F. Austin in National Football League action of area interest, maybe. Cleveland with a 27-3 win over the visiting Titans in the WNBA semifinals. Both best of fives. Connecticut opens with a 78-63 win over the New York Liberty, oh. taking a 1-0 lead in that semifinal. On the other side, the Las Vegas Aces defeated Dallas 97-83. And on the pitch, Nashville SC and San Jose played to a 1-1 draw. 
Volleyball action today at 5 o'clock. Mount Pleasant is at Hampshire. Middle Tennessee Christian hosts Columbia Academy. Webb School is going to Providence. Christian and Santa Fe is at home against Zion Christian. Smyrna is at Warren County at 5.30. It's Ezo Harding and Davidson Academy at 6 tonight. Cullioka hosts Marshall County. Eagleville is at home against Lincoln County. Columbia Central goes to East Hickman, while Green Hills at home against Oakland. Waverly's at Harpeth. John Overton's at Hendersonville. Lebanon plays host to Laverne. Gallatin is at Liberty Creek. Loretto hosting Lewis County, while Riverdale's at home against Page. At 6.30 tonight, it's Wilson Central at Stewart's Creek. And at times unknown to us, University School of Nashville is at Battleground Academy, and Franklin Road Academy travels to Grace Franklin. On the pitch, 5 o'clock start. Christ Presbyterian Academy is at Battleground Academy. Also at 5, Pope Prep is at Brentwood Academy. Columbia Academy hosts Cornersville. Davidson Academy is at Hunter's Lane. McGavick goes to Independence Academy. Whites Creek is at Merrill Hyde. At 6 o'clock, Middle Tennessee Christian hosts Friendship Christian. Also, Clarksville Academy goes to Sycamore. Green Hill is at Valor Collegiate. Cullioka hosts Loretto. White House Heritage goes to Kirkwood at 630. It's Montgomery Central at McEwen at 7. Fairview hosts Marshall County and Columbia Central travels to Giles County. In Major League Baseball today, uh, games of, well, there are no games of local interest. How's that? Yeah, there aren't any. Okay. And in the NFL, got a Monday night. It's not a doubleheader. But we've got two games on Monday night. The Eagles will be at the Ray J, Raymond James Stadium, taking on the Tampa Bay Bucks. That's a 6:15 kickoff on ABC, and at 7:15, the rematch of the Super Bowl, right, from a couple of years ago? Yeah, yeah. The LA Rams travel to Cincinnati, taking on the Bengals, and a less than 100% Joe Burrow. I'll be interested to see how that goes. Again, that's a 7.15 kick on ESPN, and that is your rundown. Brought to you by our friends at Piggly Wiggly over Neely's Mill here in Columbia. Make sure to go see them for your meat and two lunch specials. Of course, you can also go and get fresh hand-cut meats daily as well as fresh produce, and it's just cost plus 10% at the register again. Piggly Wiggly and Neely's Mill Shopping Center right here in Columbia. Fine folks, and we certainly appreciate them. Mo, a couple of top stories coming out of First Horizon Park today as number one, legendary skipper Rick Sweet. You said it. You said he'd get there, and he did. There we go. Rick Sweet becomes the all-time winningest Manager in Nashville Sounds history with his 321st victory following an 8-4 win over Jacksonville on Sunday. That's a heck of a way to end the year. That is a great way to end the year. Yeah, gets him to 321 victories with the Sounds, which puts him one ahead of Trent Jewett, who won 320 over two stints with the team from 1998 to 2000. And in 2003 and 04, when the Sounds were the AAA affiliate of the Pirates. So um, a good guy passed a good guy right there. Um, congratulations to Sweet. Um, great honor for him. And, you know, as so often happens in the minor leagues, we'll, we'll get to see whether he comes back next year and adds to that. Yeah. <laughs> so. 
but yeah, if he don't want to go to the house, I think that you know he, he probably has an opportunity to do just that. You'd like to think, and um, also, you know, as we said, the Sounds wrapped up the season with an eight-four victory over Jacksonville yesterday. Um, notes coming out of that game. Abraham Toro concluded the season for the Sounds with a 37-game on-base streak. Wow. That's, a, that's getting on base a lot. That, that's getting it done. That's, I mean, that's pretty amazing to me. 37 straight games this guy got on, either by hit, walk, error, Didn't fielder's choice. Something. He was on first base at some point. That's 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 solid. Yeah, it really is. So, well done to him, and well done to Tyler Black, Jackson Cheerio, who were named the Nashville Sounds Milwaukee Brewers Robert. I'm sorry, Robin Yount Performance Award recipients. Trio and Black were named co-players of the year, while Robert Gasser and Carlos Rodriguez were co-pitchers of the year. Not surprising to see Robert Gasser's name. In Not at all. And all four of those guys finished the season on on the Sounds roster, as you said. So um, that's that's pretty solid for the Sounds to have all four of those Brewers top minor leaguers on on the on the club to end the year. Yeah, Cheerio is the number two prospect in all of baseball. Yeah, and we heard, you know, we heard Adam English talk a little bit about him on on Friday when we had him on the show, and just the fact that people are mentioning his name in the same thought with Ronald Acuna Jr. and I don't, I don't think it's just because they're both from Venezuela. No, so that's something to um, be mindful of. Um, Churio is the first Brewers minor leaguer to win this award twice, having also done so last year. <laughs> well, you're the number two prospect for a reason, though. Somehow, don't think he's going to win it three years in a row. No, I don't, I don't believe you're going to see him in Nashville very long next year. Yeah, if he's here at all next year, get, a good, a, get a good look early. It'll be a short stint. I yeah. Think. And as you mentioned, Gasser um, led all of AAA with 166 strikeouts. He also had the best win percentage in AAA and had the second best ERA. So arguably the best pitcher in AAA. If, if, there, was an, if there was a AAA Cy Young, Gasser would have been certainly in the conversation. In the conversation. <laughs> So you 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 got to give him give give him his props, man. I I don't think you're going to see him much next year in a Sounds uniform, if at all. So it's been a, it was a pleasure to watch him pitch. It really was. He was he was fantastic. So again, congrats to Sweet. Well done, well deserved, and and did it in just four seasons, which is really impressive. Uh, so we look forward to hopefully seeing Rick again in the dugout next year with the sounds if he can't find them a spot in the big leagues. Maybe he can. That'd be great, too. Before we get out of here, Mo, I want to hand out a little hardware or some stickers or however you want to 
put it. As stickers would be good. We got plenty of them. We got plenty of stickers. Um, <laughs> they just keep showing up. The Monday Monstars are coming your way here, and I've got a few that I would like to acknowledge. Justin, do you have any today? Say again. Sorry about that. Do you have any Monstars today? I do. Yes, sir. All right. Ah, well, we'll how many on. do you have? I have a couple. Uh, yeah, I have a couple. My fantasy team went off, so I had to take notice. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, go ahead and give us one. Um, I'm going to go with Tua. I mean, I'm just baffled by what he's been doing. Like, I watched, or I was watching the Titans game, bleh, and um, like saw saw his stats kept popping up at the bottom, you know, the scroller, and he was like perfect until the third quarter, like 28 for 28. That was, he's just unbelievable. So he's definitely up there. Yeah. I have to ask, 28 for 28. Right. You know, we're, we're going to talk later in the show, Chris, about affecting the quarterback. Clearly, Denver did not. Yeah. How bad is Denver? Fair. I mean, Sean Payton and all. How bad is Denver? 28 yeah. for 28? Again. It's I, tough I, to do that against air, yeah. as yeah. coaches like to say. Yeah. Yeah. It's remarkable. So, certainly got to give him his props. No, you got anybody? Um, we're going to start – with the high school football game that I was at Friday night after, after you know, for what it's worth, I was whelmed, but not overwhelmed by Junkyard Dog. But that's You're it. You're just mad about the hot fudge. Well, not just that, but yes. But Lewis County sophomore running back Micah Godfrey, remember the name. Two weeks ago, in a loss to Loretto, he went for 278 yards and three touchdowns, setting a new Lewis County single-game single rushing record. The record lasted a week. Friday against Mount Pleasant, he went for 304 yards on 37 carries with two touchdowns in their 43-14 win. So, again, Micah Godfrey, Lewis County, remember the name. Yeah, no question. Uh, Let's see here. I'm going to go to college because our boy Justin Fields said, not Justin Fields, Justin Adams, mm, mm -hmm. just, not Justin Fields. He is not getting a sticker. If he's getting a sticker, it's a sticker on the back of a bus ticket. Well, now, if Justin Fields is getting a sticker, it's probably, you know, for survival. Yeah, well, he's, we he's struggling. Yeah, well, I'm um, not sure it's all his fault. But anyway, go ahead. Justin Adams told us to watch him, and he delivered. Washington State quarterback Cameron Ward, 28 for 34, 404 yards, four touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown in their win over Oregon State. So big, big game from Cam Ward. JK? Um, just thinking this off the top of my head, did y'all see the Texans' uh, punt return or kickoff return? It was like no. the, bigger, the bigger dude. He's like a fullback. I can't remember. Anyways, my other one officially is uh, – the Indianapolis Colts kicker, mm. <laughs> five field goals and an extra point, 25 points for me. And fan, I know it doesn't and, mean to anybody, but. Whew. And what, four of the field goals were from 50-plus? Is that right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
My second monstar is Summit quarterback Mason McElhaney, who on 34 carries rushed for 270 yards and both touchdowns in the Spartans' 13-7 win over Franklin. That's a that's a heck of a heck of a job there, and they they needed it. They yes, needed, they needed both. They needed both of them. They needed every sure. bit of it. Yeah. So, congrats to to him. I'm going to go back. I'm going to get down into the high school ranks. I'm going to give a double award though, because both of these Williamson County kids won the game for their respective teams. Well, Stanley and Drew Crabtree both kicked game-winning field goals to. Uh, to give their team wins, Crabtree, a 16-14 win over Independence, even though I picked it to be a one-point game and I picked Independence to win. I was so close. Yes. So close. So far away. So close. Uh, Thank but, you, Mr. Crabtree. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Mr. Crabtree there and, and Will Stanley, who kicked the game winner for Centennial to give them a 17-14 win over Nolensville. Huge win in that region. So I'm going to give them props. Final Monstar, Justin. Um, let's see. I, I think I'm going to give it to Raheem Mostert. I mean, just the entire Dolphins offense. It's tough to go wrong with a Miami player. (laughs) And I'm I'm starting to realize he's so fast. Yeah. Like I know probably a lot of people knew that already, but really fast guy. Um, my Third monster, and Chris. By the way, Chris is getting four monsters apparently, but I mean it's okay. Huh? But well, yeah. <laughs> but the, I mean, you can't you can't give one game-winning field goal kicker a monster award and not give it to the other. But but that could be a, they could have yeah, been two of your three instead no. of two of your four. But you know, no, that's that's come on. Yeah, um, my third because I'm sticking to the rules. My third monster is Boise. Ever stick, stuck to the rules in, in, in this stuff. Well, there you go. Top five monsters. I, I'm always been in the rules. Yeah. Wild card. Yeah, yeah. Um, Boise State running back Ashton Genty. J e a n t y. Genty sounds good to me. Uh, sounded good to Boise State. Twenty-three carries, two hundred and three yards, and a pair of touchdowns this weekend. Also, four catches for forty-nine yards. Um, Big win. Unfortunately, did, did they beat no. San they Diego lost. State? They lost to San Diego yeah. State. Big win for San Diego State. Big game. Despite. Yes. <laughs> for the Boise State running back, Ashton Genty. I'm about to get some flack for this, but I can't not say it. Maxwell Harrison, two pick sixes for Kentucky against Vanderbilt. Who are you going to get flack from? <laughs> Nobody. They don't, they're like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I mean... Two pick sixes. What do you want them to do? I mean, if if they could tackle, they'd be on defense, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. So Harrison showing that sometimes DBs can also catch. So yeah. Anyway, those are our Monday Mirror Monstars. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, uh, we've got a very special guest set to join us, Darian Nimrod, who is. Part of the Outsiders Movement, not part of the, the founder of the Outsiders Movement. And we'll talk to him about some things going on in the NFL right now and how they can address issues that they are having, especially when it comes to race relations. So stick around. Main Street Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bond & Joint is back. 
after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. You can't see the sights without the sounds. From the crack of the bat to the roar of the crowd and everything in between, discover what Hit City has to offer. Spend your nights cheering on the Nashville sounds at First Horizon Park with giveaways, fireworks shows, theme weekends, and more. Single game tickets are on sale now. Visit NashvilleSounds.com to claim your seat today. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. I'm Chris Yao, he's Maurice Patton, and we are excited to be here on this Monday because, well, what what else would we rather be doing on Monday? 
other than not working. I guess we could, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, if we're going to be working, we may as well be doing this. So, yeah. yeah. And and looking forward to this next segment as we have a very special guest joining us, the president of Outsiders Movement, which is a nonprofit organization based in Miami, Florida, and Austin, Texas, and the host of the Lounge Podcast is Darian Nimrod joining us, and he's – Really dedicated to empowering young adults through community building, events, workshops, et cetera. But one of the big things that, that Darian is is focusing on right now is the you know the record of race discrimination and the lack of diversity in the National Football League. And that's what we wanted to talk to you about today, Darian. So welcome in. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Oh, absolutely, Darian. Um, obviously, this is um, a hot-button topic on any number of levels from, you know, from, from Jim Trotter's lawsuit against the league to Brian Flores's lawsuit against the league to, you know, any number of other directions that you'd want to go in. Um, why is this important? Um, it's, it's important just because of the simple fact that the NFL is 50, 56%, you know, African-American, you know, there's, you know, it's the majority of the league and the fact that we're continuously having the same conversation year after year um, is just showing that it's not being taken seriously. You know, uh, whether we can talk all the way back to uh, 2016 with Colin Kaepernick, we can talk to 2020 during the pandemic uh, with Jerry Jones's comments then. And now we have, you know, Jim Trotter, Jerry Jones and Terry Bagula, you know, the owner of the Bills make uh, allegedly we're going to say allegedly. <laughs> allegedly <laughs> making comments, you know, when it comes to, um, you know, black players. And so, you know, this is an ongoing conversation, you know, until um, there's a thorough understanding of what's happening, you know, this is going to continue going on. Yeah. And, and look, we've, we've talked at ad nauseum about, especially the Brian Flores situation, because there was literally zero reason for him to have been fired from his job in Miami. But it, it just, you know, it really feels like yeah, what the going back to the Rooney rule and the, the idea was great, but in, in practice, it doesn't really work. And, and, and all it does is it, it kind of placates rather than, actually gives giving someone an opportunity don't you think i mean it was it was created to uh cover the tracks so to speak you know it was it was made pretty early it was made in 03 so you know it has it hasn't often been retouched on but i know in 2020 they were saying you know they definitely wanted to establish that they are setting interviews up for minority head coach candidates minority um general managers execs um, and so, you know, they're, they're getting the interviews, but, you know, there's one name that continuously floats around and, you know, Eric Bieniemy should definitely be a general. I mean, he should definitely be a head coach somewhere if, if the Rooney rule was definitely something that, um, that was um, effective, if that makes sense. He gets interviews. So the Rooney rule is definitely getting uh, used. But, you know, when it comes to the hiring, that's the issue. And Darren realistically speaking just just being blunt about it you can put all the rules in place and all the guidelines in place and all the encouragements in place but people are going to hire who they feel like 
is the best candidate. And so some kind of way you have to address thought processes rather than, than decisions. And, and again, just speaking realistically, I'm not sure that that's doable. I mean, it's not doable when, you know, when it's, how do I say, uh, 27, 27 seats in, a, in executive positions are, are not of people of color. So, you know, therefore, you know, that the only way to truly make that change is to put people in seats that can, you know, advise and like, hey, you know, this person is good because X, Y, and Z, and knowing that color is not a factor. Uh, we just now got to a point where we have 14, 14 players in the league playing quarterback starting in the NFL. So, you know, it's certain things that we're making strides on, but when you think about five, um, you know, five execs in positions. We have one kind of owner, <laughs> you know, in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just certain things that, you know, you would think we're in 2023 should not be a conversation, um, especially after finding a black president and a, a black a vice president and things like that. It's just like, you, this should be easy. This should be easy stuff, you know, but unfortunately it's not. And so, you know, trying to figure out why that is, 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 truly the problem. And I think that, you know, Jim, Jim Trotter was a person that was trying to get those answers. And unfortunately, when you go into a place like the NFL with no army, <laughs> this is what happens, yeah. you know? So, you know, I definitely appreciate the effort, but unfortunately that's, that, that's what happened to him. That said, Darian, you know, how, how do you change the thought process of people who, don't necessarily see anything wrong with the way they think. I mean, we can't we can't change anyone's ignorance. We know that's the case. You know, at the end of the day, we all we can do is just spread awareness and spread knowledge. And at the end of the day, like, you know, hopefully we can. The good thing that we can do is we can shift the minds of our youth so that future generations don't have to have the same issues as to now. But when it comes to older generations, you know, they've been living the same way for years. There's no way that we can constantly, that we can finally change their mind when it comes to certain political aspects or minority aspects, you know, it kind of is what it is, but you know, all we can do is just stay facts when we speak. So, you know, I, I, I have a couple of good friends, a few good friends and a saying among us is been doing it. Don't keep on doing it. And you know, that it's unfortunately kind of applicable here. Um, Darian Nimrod of the Outsiders Movement joining us here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Um, Where is your focus right now in light of the fact that changing the mind of the people currently making these decisions really is an uphill battle? What is is y'all's focal point toward, besides, you know, you know, trying to get to the younger generations and making them understand that there's a different way to do things. I mean, you know, like I said, it's just it's just more of the fact of again speaking with speaking with knowledge, speaking with facts. You know, regardless of who we talk to, whatever the age range is, you're obviously going to be able to do that. The only reason why we focus on the young adults is just because of the fact that they these are minds that can be molded. They, you know, certain like certain things have to be taught. It's not some things that are just naturally, you know, instilled into someone. Um, and, you know, the great thing about us as outsiders is that we're able to, you know, guide and um, speak to these young adults and give them the knowledge that they need and give them the voice that they need so they can sit in seats like myself um, and speaking towards these issues um, when they arrive. Um, you know, I'm, I will say that it sucks because I am a Philadelphia Eagles fan. So when Colin Kaepernick, you know, was kneeling for the flag, it was very unfortunate that I 
missed that year because <laughs> I was boycotting that year. And so ironically, they win the Super Bowl the year. I'm not even watching the NFL. And then I would go ahead and watch it the last year. <laughs> and they make it and they lose to my hometown, Kansas City Chiefs. So, you know, it's very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've had some struggles with the league, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's very now difficult. we know. Yeah. But, no. <laughs> no, but at the end of the day, like, you know, I just know that I am going to side with, you know, people that know morally what is right. You know, we know morally um, we don't have these issues with other with other demographics in the NFL. They have eight initiatives in the NFL that cater to inclusion and diversity. You know, they, they have one for the, the, the Latino community, the Asian community, the black community, LGBTQ community, young adults community, you know, whatever the case may be. But they do not have an ongoing issue, but with one community. And so the question is, why is that? Especially when I say, again, that the NFL is 56 percent black as far as its players. You know, we don't how many how many Latino NFL players do we know? How many, you know, Asian NFL players do we know besides the kicker for the Atlanta Falcons? <laughs> you know, like who else, who else do we know that we should be advocating for when we know we're a majority of the league and we don't have these issues with maybe the NBA? We don't have that issue where it's a higher community of NFL or of, of, of black players. Um, and so is it, and, and I think the difference between the NFL and the NBA is that they have a community of players that are that they have the voice and they are able to sacrifice when it comes to political issues. Main issue is because their contract is fully guaranteed. They cannot play and still get paid. <laughs> you know, but when it comes to the yeah. NFL, you're 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 affecting game checks. You're affect there's there's 53 players, you know, so like they don't really look at it like, oh, it's the one player. You know, it's probably only one player in the NFL that probably can get away with most of this mess. And his name is Patrick Mahomes. Like, just like, you know, it's probably only one, you know, but at the end of the day, like we have to be able to, we have to, as, as the NFL, they have to be able to stand up and say, hey, these things do not seem right. And we're going to be able to stand up as representation for the players. So when a CBA actually happens, there's things that's actually going on instead of how much of my money is fully guaranteed. Because that's all the CBA is about. How much money am I going to get this, this next 10 years? And that's about it. Not about, hey, can we get the people that are going to be after me getting taken care of, the people before me getting insurance, the people that uh, are, can I get someone that looks like me when I'm negotiating a contract? Can I get a person that looks like me when I walk on the field and I'm wearing their colors? Those conversations haven't been had. <laughs> you know, so we're only, we're only scratching the surface, but those conversations are happening in other leagues. Darian, I'm curious how much, because, you know, you mentioned the NBA and, and obviously the, the demographics have, have been majority black players for a lot longer, I think, than the NFL has. How much of it is, is time is that, you know, we see guys like, and, and I don't want to be ageist here, but you know, Andy Reid and Bill Belichick, and, and there's just a lot of old white guys who are in charge. I mean, at, you know, maybe when those old white guys are, are gone and, and, you know, the successful old white guy, Pete Carroll coaches, uh, is, is that maybe when this trend can kind of, you can start seeing that turnover because it's simply just time? Um, I mean, you can say it's a factor, but when it comes to people who ultimately make them decisions, it's not the head coaches. You know, when it comes no, to sure. 
when it comes to Andy Reid, Andy Reid is a person that's going to stand for social injustice more than another person. He's the one that brought Michael Vick into the <laughs> into his Back team. Yeah, sure. <laughs> no, I, I'm not. I'm just saying. Like, I'm I'm just curious because obviously the NFL has been a has been around longer than any other. You know, uh, outside of Major League Baseball, has been around longer. So they mm-hmm. they're they're those thought processes, as Mo said, they're more ingrained. There mm-hmm. are. You know, there are guys who have been coaching since the early 90s who are still just, you know, tooling, tooling around the league just because they've been around forever mm-hmm. and they played in the 70s or whatever. And that's just kind of, again, it just feels like time. Now, obviously, we want, you know, time shouldn't matter and maybe experience shouldn't matter. This is a completely different football game than we saw 20 years ago. This is not the same game as that we were playing 20 years ago, period. But I'm just uh, that's that's kind of my thought process is maybe it's just time. Well, I mean, I, I guess we can kind of shift this to a. I mean, it's the same sport but different different place. You know, when you think about Coach Prime coming into the into you know college football, it took him what two years to shift the face of college football. Two years. Now, I'm not saying that we need Coach Prime to go in the NFL because I don't think he's going to be good with coaching adults instead of kids. Not that he knows that, <laughs> you know, but, you know, it has to be someone who understands that in itself, who is going to shift the face of college football. Because, there's, I mean, Nick Saban has been taking over college football for years. There has been people like Urban Meyer. All these guys have been sitting in roles for years, letting football be the same. And then you bring Coach Prime in and he's able to shift it in a matter of a, you know, of two years. So, you know, we just need someone that's going to be in that, that's going to advocate for not only for, you know, the league before its players and be able to say like, Hey, we need people in like myself in these roles and upper management roles and ownership roles. Um, and sure. Yeah. Time can pass by, but we know that it can be a revolving door. If that's the case, because, you know, once Mike Tomlin, Andy Reid, all these guys retire, then, you know, Sean McVay will be the next old person. You know, it's just, it doesn't matter if we're not changing the scope of what we're doing and, and, and having people actually advocate for what's growing, going on in uh, the NFL. That being said, how important is it that Magic Johnson and, and that group are taking over the, the, the Washington football franchise? Well, if we call them commanders, apparently they're thinking about changing the name again. again. So like, I, I'm just going to say yeah. football franchise. Um. I mean, it's, it's a big deal. I, I, I mean, I think that, you know, he's, I think he's, what is he, 51% owner? I, I have no idea. I'm Maybe, not sure. Might be a little less, but, you know, we've been kind of working on that for years. You know, we, we, if you remember back, um, I want to say 20, 2019, we were going to get Magic Johnson, Steph Curry, LeBron, all these guys that owned the Panthers. <laughs> you know, Diddy. <laughs> you know, we were going to get all these yeah. guys the Panthers. Um, so it's definitely huge. It's a start. Um, you know, I think that there are certain owners that shouldn't be in seats just because of the fact of their political views. They used to, they just showed like what last year of Jerry Jones in the 1950s, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> with a group of, you know, people that might not enjoy black people. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's just, it's, it's blatant at this point. It's like a slap in the face. Like it's blatant. I, Jerry Jones probably like, I dare y'all to kick me out of here. I'm not dancing. I, <laughs> you know, I dare y'all. Exactly. Um, and at the end of the day, and same thing for this Bills owner. If he allegedly said that, you know, he should not be in that seat. Now, if that happened in the NBA, they already been gone. You know, so that's the, that's what I'm saying is like if this has actually happened and we know this has happened and everyone's kept it on the hood, the hush, then that's the issue is that no one's advocating. No one's saying anything. The players are not coming together, you know, for issues that are happening within their league. 
it's one thing to kind of carry towards social issues. There's another one to actually advocate for your job, you know? And so, yes, you get paid millions of dollars and, you know, it's not guaranteed, but at the end of the day, like, what is your sole purpose in this world if you cannot speak in something that you believe in? You know, you're just living the rest of your life making millions and doing, like, making millions and then what? Your legacy goes no further. Colin Kaepernick's legacy goes way further than half of these NFL players. Why? Because he sacrificed his career for what? Something that he believed in. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Malcolm Jenkins, all these guys, like, we, th they can sacrifice and be okay with, hey, I have millions of dollars in endorsements. It can end here. You know, so, Yeah. Darian Nimrod. Darian, tell folks how they can get involved with the Outsiders Movement if they'd like. Um, yeah, OutsidersMovement.com. Um, you can follow us on at the Outsiders Movement on Instagram. Um, and then my personal one is DJ D-A-D-O-N, two underscores on Instagram. All right. Well, we appreciate you, man. Thanks so much for taking time with us today. Very informative stuff and look forward to, to all those things that you're doing in, in, in the world. I appreciate you. Thank you for your time. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, baseball, Braves chatter, and more right after this on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731 and schedule your tour today. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's, it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. You can't see the sights without the sounds. From the crack of the bat to the roar of the crowd and everything in between, discover what Hit City has to offer. Spend your nights cheering on the Nashville sounds at First Horizon Park with giveaways, fireworks shows, theme weekends, and more. Single game tickets are on sale now. Visit NashvilleSounds.com to claim your seat today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. 
2010. Set to retire at the end of the season, Bobby Cox notched one final milestone prior to his departure. With the Braves' 5 nothing win at Washington, Cox joined Connie Max, Connie Mack, one. John McGraw and Tony La Russa as the fourth major league manager to earn 2,500 career victories. Cox finished with 2,504 wins and an MLB record 162 ejections, including a franchise best 2,149 victories with the Braves. That was this day in Braves history. Always a good day. We can get a dub. Mo. Three of the four games in Washington, not surprisingly, go the way of the Braves. A little surprisingly, it was it felt like the offense had to do a little more than maybe we expected or wanted them to have to do. From the standpoint that the wins were more offensively oriented and less pitching oriented? Yes. Yes. yes against absolutely. the Washington Nationals. Against the, against the Nationals, yes. Um would have would have liked to have seen a little bit better performances out of the starters. Excuse me. Certainly would have liked to have come out of that series with healthy Max Breed and Charlie Morton, um, and, 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 and and not have to worry about that. You know, heading into the postseason, it's it's kind of been a remain calm all as well type of um, message coming out of the manager's office and the GM's office. But still, the fact that half of your projected four-man postseason rotation is currently on the IL is not encouraging. Yeah, at least one of them will be available for the NLDS, and that is Max Freed. Charlie Morton, however, would need to, one, be healthy, and two, replace someone else who was injured and would not be eligible for the NLCS. So So basically you just got to wait on him until the NLCS. Most likely. But here's the thing. You You need four pitchers. Four starters. You need four starters and... You know, so I guess I guess that means Kyle Wright's going to have to, you know. So they're suck apparently it up they, they've got Kyle Wright slated to be in the bullpen this week to 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 come out of the pen this for, week for the Braves against the Cubs and maybe even the Nationals as well in order to see how he reacts to coming out of the bullpen and and how well he pitches in that type of role. I fully expect that the NLC NLDS will be either Frider Frider I like Freed or Strider and Strider or Freed Strider or Freed Bryce Elder and then Freed or Strider Strider or Freed. That's that's the way that I expect it to go. Yeah, I mean it pretty well forces your hand into a. Bryce Elder game three start. And here's the worst part about that. Game three will likely be your opponent's number one. Because they'll be coming out of that wild card series. So either game two or game three is going to be your one or two. Mm-hmm. And so instead, now you've got... Now, of course, it's it's much better if you're pitching 
Max Breed and Spencer Strider against, you know, the other team's three and three four and mm-hmm. guys. So get those two wins out of the way. You can, you can afford to lose game three on the road. It's, you know, it's not ideal, but you can afford it. Yeah. And then you close it out with Freed or Strider in game four and, and be done. Strider and Freed in game five. But, and I guess the good thing in that scenario is you've got Morton for game one of the LCS. Yep. You've got Morton available. And here's the thing. The, and this is the way that I said do it. I got to a little bickering with uh, no. another guy. But honestly, really? like, well, I, <laughs> he he said that it would go one way. I said, I think it's going to go another way. And he just acted like what he said was gospel. And I'm like, I'm sorry, Snit. I didn't know you had to. Should <laughs> <laughs> you be managing a game right now? But... <laughs> Anyway, he, he just treated it like it was gospel. That it was going to be Freed, Strider, Elder, Freed, Strider. And I said, well, why not go Strider, Based Freed? on what? Well, exactly. He, well, that, he's your ace. Okay, well, I, I mean, Spencer Strider's probably going to be the runner-up for, if not runner-up, he's going to be third in Cy Young voting. I would say he could probably be considered an ace. That's all I'm saying. You could you could make it you could make an argument that Spencer Strider is as good as anybody's ace. I mean, Strider's got a chance. I, I know wins don't mean anything. I, I, I mean, they're the only thing that your placement is based on. But wins for a pitcher don't mean anything. I, I get it. I get it. But Strider's got a chance to win twenty and strike he, out three hundred. No, he's not going to strike out three hundred. Uh, he's going to get twenty in the next two games. Both of them. Let's go. I don't think okay, he's going. Yeah, he's not going to pitch another two games, is he? No, he's not. I'm okay. So, but I mean, Maybe. he's got. We don't have anybody else. Uh, we got six games left, so yeah, he might. Um, wins <laughs> <laughs> and strikeouts don't mean anything, but uh, I would think that it does mean something to have the most of both. You know, I don't know. I I, I don't know. I I don't. No, it doesn't. In 2023, I don't know anything about baseball anymore. Not about pitching. Uh, uh, not about war and F war and and OPS and all that other stuff either. I mean, I'm look. He, he Spencer Strider has struck out 20, 274 people. His WHIP is 1.07, which is really good, and batting average against is 208. And here's the thing. He's actually so batting been, average doesn't mean anything though, does it? Well, I mean, when we're talking about offensive players, batting average doesn't mean anything. So why does batting average against mean anything for pitchers? His ERA is pretty high. His ERA is 381. If they get on base, they're probably going to score. <laughs> That's kind Seems of the like, thing, yeah. uh, which is very unusual. But he's actually been kind of unlucky if you look at you know stats like FIP, et cetera. So I don't. It, it's, not, <laughs> it, it's just odd, but that's neither here nor there. Strider could certainly pitch game one, which would set you up for Freed in game two, Elder in game three, Strider in game four, and then you've got your ace, Max Freed, in game five to win it. And if you don't need game five, guess who's available for game one now? Your ace. Of the L- NLCS. So that's just kind of where I'm at. I think I think you could certainly go Strider against their three or four, 
in coming out of that wild card. Mm -hmm. Then you go free. Then you go elder, and and, and go from there. That's that's how I looked at it. Uh, he, I, but look, it, I'm fine if it's if it's Freed Strider, Elder Freed Strider. I'm fine with that. I'm not going to be upset with that. I'm just saying I don't. I, to me, there is a deeper way of looking at it. There is a deeper way of looking at it, and I think the one thing that you want to try to do is keep your ace away from their ace. That's right. You know, not that you don't have are scared yeah. of their ace, but you don't want to throw your ace and lose. And so, you know, it's kind of like what you see sometimes in college baseball conference series where yep. teams throw their ace in game two yep. because everybody else is throwing their ace in game one. And if you throw your ace and you lose – well, then what? We did that in we did that in high school. I mean, we would throw our number two in game one of a three game series in the playoffs because if we sneak around and win game one, then we're gonna finish it. We finishing it. Yeah, and we we're felt, done. And we felt more confident. And, and if we three. and if we don't, then we're gonna win game two. Yeah, and then and we feel more confident in our in our three at class one A anyway <laughs> than than we did. If you got three, we had three. We had four. And, and and so I mean that's and, and if you're the Braves, you've got four. Now maybe not in the DS, but you've got four in the NLCS. Mm -hmm. And so you know I I feel like this is this is kind of a silly silly conversation because it doesn't really matter either either one is fine. We can just throw Frater in one, Frater in two, Frater in four, and Frater in five, and let's get this thing in. Let's, and, and and it was so funny, you know, earlier someone. Who was it that mentioned it was Dayton from from Nebraska? Mm -hmm. <laughs> he said, we're incredibly lucky the NLDS has a weird day off after game one. Under the ALDS schedule, we'd likely have to do a bullpen game for game four. And I said, imagine thinking we're going to need four games. <laughs> Let's just get this thing out of the way. So anyway, uh, Braves do welcome the Cubbies. And it, it, it will be interesting to I, see how much of a deal baseball is at Truist, Truist Park this week. I hope that at Braves Organist will take my suggestion. And when Dansby Swanson comes to bat, he plays. Let's make a deal. Leanne no, Rhymes uh, smash hit. Big deal. So what? Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens. I don't think he's going to play it, but it would be great. And anybody that actually hears it and knows what it is is going to love it. Most yeah. people won't know what it is. I will, and I will think it's fantastic. <laughs> so, anyway, let's yeah. take a short break. Terry McCormick standing by with your top of the hour Titans report. We will get to it right after this. Stick around.
Since 1975, Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic has treated the orthopedic needs of Middle Tennessee residents. The trained physicians provide surgical options and minimally invasive options to treat all orthopedic needs. The walk-in clinic, OrthoQuick, helps you bypass the ER while treating sports injuries and acute needs Monday through Saturday. Visit MTBJ online at mtbj.net or on social media at Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint Clinic. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Time now to take a look at your daily Titans update from Titan Insider, powered by Zen Sports. Terry McCormick joining us. Terry, what's up? Well, guys, uh, it is your daily Titans report, powered by Zen Sports, the new sports book in Tennessee that's changing the bonus game for the better. And I'll just start by this. Uh, the game yesterday, that's going to be one that's kind of hard to polish and put a positive spin on any way you look at it. It was uh, just a total beatdown up in Cleveland that the Titans suffered up there. 94 yards of total offense, five sacks allowed, uh, two long touchdowns, missed assignments, and blown coverages around, plus 80 yards and penalties. Just other than special teams, which acquitted itself with Ryan Stonehouse's punting and Nick Folk uh, salvaging that one fumble that uh, Sean Murphy Bunning recovered to get a field goal out of it. Uh, just a totally dismal and lost day for the Titans. Pretty well covers it. It really I, does. I, Thank I really, you, Terry. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't know what I mean. What more you can say outside of just you know badgering the entire uh, day? So, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, there, there's really seriously, there's really not a whole lot else to say. The Titans had 94 total offensive yards, their worst offensive performance in what 20 years, Terry? Or more. 17, I think. I think they had. 98 yards or something like that uh, in a game in Vince Young's rookie season, but that was a day I think the defense had three scores, uh, something crazy like that. But uh, certainly there's a lot to be fixed. And, and my question is this, guys, how much of it can you fix? You know, I mean, I heard you guys talking baseball a while ago, talking as I was in the green room, so to speak. You know, trying to fix a bad offensive line in football is like trying to fix a bad bullpen in baseball. It, once the season starts, it's just hard to do. You can reshuffle the roles, but uh, doesn't guarantee it's going to get any better. Uh, to my way of thinking, I really believe that they have to give Peter Skaronsky a look at left tackle when he gets back from the appendectomy surgery. That he How much worse can it be? What, what does it hurt? Well, I mean, and here's the reason I say that, you know, because Skaronsky's a first-round pick. And, yes, I feel like that when they made both of these moves, drafting Skaronsky in the first round shortly after they had given Andre Dillard a three-year, $29 million contract, they had hoped that by having a new left tackle and putting Skaronsky at left guard that they would solve two problems and this be a win-win. But to me, with the way Dillard has played and struggled, and with Dylan Radens giving you maybe a little more a little sooner than you expected, I think when Skaronsky's ready to go, you've got to seriously think about making that change. Because 
if he can be your left tackle, it solves the problem for the next five, six, seven years like it did with Taylor Lewan. If he can't, then you know <laughs> yeah. one of the primary positions you've got to address in the 2024 draft is probably left tackle. Yeah, yeah and, you know, to a point that Chris and I made off air earlier, this roster had more problems than could be addressed in one offseason. Absolutely. Absolutely it did. I mean, and you think about it, they're going to have a whole lot of cap space to spend in this offseason. But they're also, you think about it, right now, they're, they're probably going to be replacing Ryan Tannehill. They're probably going to be replacing Derrick Henry. They're probably going to lose Tier Tart, and they're going to lose Christian Fulton. Now, some of those, maybe, you know. <laughs> they're going to lose Christian Fulton? Is that what you said? That's addition by subtraction, Terry. Yes. I mean, he will probably be gone at the end of the year. His contract is up, and so far he hasn't played well enough to earn an extension. So, you know, a lot of money to spend, but a lot of holes to fill. You know, and I'm also of the belief of this. I think – that if this thing doesn't get turned around by the time they get back from London, if they're one and five and they're three games or four games out in the division, now granted that's their one saving grace is that the division looks to be terrible. Right. If they're one and five at that point and haven't won any more games, if they've lost at Indy and they lose at home this week to Cincinnati and they lose in London to the Ravens, all, all of which are possibilities now, and I think you have to turn this thing over to Will Levis to see if he can be the guy and if he can potentially be your franchise quarterback that you drafted him to be. You're in going to get him killed. Not past Malik Willis or to short sell him, but you've got to look at Willis in the preseason. You saw you know, how much he had improved, you've got to see if Levis has a higher ceiling or is more advanced because you didn't get to see that much in the preseason. Uh, you're going to get him killed. You're, you're going to get him killed, but <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm reminded but again, of the he line. He played at Kentucky, so he was, he was used and to that was last really, year. really, really bad the year he had a, a no offensive line. So bad, in fact, that nobody wanted him after last year. I'm I'm reminded of the line from the Russian in the Rocky movie here, though. If he dies, he dies. There I you mean, go. you know, um, you got to find out at some point if he is your guy because if he's not, then you got to draft another one next year. You're right. So I I don't disagree with that thought process necessarily. I'm, I'm, but it's the same thing that we talked about with Malik Willis. You can't what, tell? How are you going to know? How are you going to know what you've got with him if he's back there trying to, you know, not die every time he takes a snap? This is this is Bo Nix. This is Auburn Bo Nix and Oregon Bo Nix. Auburn Bo Nix, bad. Why? Because he had to run for his life every single week. Oregon Bo Nix, good. Why? Because he doesn't have to run for his life every single week. Fixed offensive I mean, line. Didn't worry about quarterback. I mean – I don't disagree with you. I mean, I think we can say that about Ryan Tannehill. When he has protection, yes. he's still a decent quarterback. Mm -hmm. But when he doesn't and he's running for his life, he's not going to be accurate. And heck, half the time, he's not upright. They've already allowed 13 sacks through three games, guys. What did you 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 put out the stat? 76 they're on pace for, something like that? 74, I think it is. Let's not, you know, <laughs> hey, <laughs> so not quite as bad. 
Well, I mean, if you if you account for how it's steadily trending each week, it's it's. <laughs> but but again, NPF is back in what week? Three weeks. He's allowed back in the building today. So that's you know, help is on the way. Perhaps, perhaps. I mean, you know, he he wasn't exactly. You know, the second coming of Anthony Munoz's rookie year. <laughs> By comparison, he was much better but, than Dennis Day. But I mean, <laughs> relative to what you've got right now, just about anybody short of Dennis Daly could look like Anthony Munoz Dennis on da this line. Dennis Daly beat the Cowboys this week. We're not, Dennis Daly hate is out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what he had to do with it, but okay. He kept Josh Dobbs upright, didn't he? Josh Dobbs wasn't running for his life all day. Why? Because they beat the Cowboys. Maybe we should have kept Josh wow. Dobbs. Maybe so. I'm just but, saying. Yeah. Uh, maybe we, maybe we calm down on Dennis Day today. <laughs> today. Maybe tomorrow, different story. But yeah, I mean, look, the offensive line could in four in in, in week four, week five, this this offensive line could be a completely different unit. Needs to be. Huh? Something needs to change. I mean, I don't think you, you guys disagree with that at all. No. Something needs to change. So, you know, we'll see if things come together. But if not, then, you know, they've got to start taking a long, hard look at doing something different. Yeah, I, 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 I can't wait until I think you're right. I think scarancy has got to go to tackle. Uh, Raiden's mm. stays at guard. guard. Petit Friere, you put him on the right side. I don't know that you have to get rid of Chris Hubbard right now. Chris Hubbard's playing – Fairly well. I mean, the great Hubbard's played as good as any lineman they've had, to be honest yeah. with you. I mean, so, none of those guys are, are playing at a Pro Bowl level, but I'd say Chris Hubbard has probably been about as good as any of those five. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, he at least gives you a little bit of depth options and can and can step in when inevitably someone else gets hurt because it will happen. So, so, anyway, yeah, man, that's uh, – that was good stuff, Terry. Tell us about Zen Sports. All right, I will. <laughs> Zen Sports is the new sports book in Tennessee, revolutionizing the way you earn sports betting rewards. With Zen Sports, your rewards are cash rewards. You bet with real money, and now you're rewarded with it too. Earn a whopping 5% cash back welcome bonus for your first 15 days when you sign up with Coach code mainstream m-a-i-n-s-t keep betting and keep earning every month after that up to three percent cash back rewards on your betting volume best of all earn cash commission on your referrals with zen sports referral rewards program zen sports betting just got better gambling problem call 1-800-889-9789 terms and conditions apply must be 21 and older and in tennessee to bet The dragon here, I saw it. What, what, no, they, they don't. don't. There's no such thing as dragons. I swear, I saw it. It had huge claws. Get out of here. It had eyes as big as the moon. Come on, I'll show you. Wait up. up. <gasps> Do you hear that? We're almost there. Whoa! I told you so. That is a dragon.
Welcome back in. Mo, th to compound on this, and, and I don't – we just talked a lot about the offensive line, but you asked it earlier. What's worse, the offensive line or the defensive secondary? And Christian Fulton certainly has not been great in the defensive secondary. No, Sean Murphy Bunting had a forced fumble yesterday, which, you know, set up what yeah, could have been – I feel like if he could have kept his feet on that, he could have scored. Oh, absolutely. And, and – Unfortunately, it feels like that's what needed to happen. They would have needed that. No, absolutely. And, and that being said, though, Murphy Bunting is, is not bad. He's really physical. He's probably going to get more flags than you really want him to get. But, you know, it, this team is – At least he's present. He, he's, he's there. This team is has struggled with injuries in, in the defensive backfield. And – more problem yesterday than anything was the Titans didn't get the pressure that you know at all that they are typically used to getting, yeah. which allowed Deshaun Watson to kind of sit back there and make some really easy throws. And and Deshaun Watson coming off of a pretty solid game a week ago with, against Pittsburgh. Is that who they played last week? Mm -hmm. So. Had some confidence, I feel like, going into this Tennessee Titans matchup and just continued to, you know, play with confidence. And, you know, if you've listened to Mike Vrabel at all during his Tennessee Titans coaching tenure, one of the keys for this defense from week to week is to affect the quarterback, and they never did. Speaking of Mike Vrabel, I, you know, we have – we have long been Mike Vrabel stands here on this show. If we feel like Vrabel is is a really good football coach, and, and I still think that Mike Vrabel is a very good football coach. Snippy and all. There are a lot of things that he does really well. There's one particular thing that he does not do well, and that is hire offensive coordinators. Clearly. And that's got to change. At some point, somebody's got to say, Mike, if they're in this building, they're off limits. Yeah, go go outside and find somebody, you know. Talk to some people outside this organization. Find out who a good offensive coordinator is for what you've got here and go get somebody who is not currently drawing a check from St. Thomas Sports Park. And Because for all of the issues with the offensive line – you know, like you said, Tim Kelly never gave Andre Dillard any help at any point yesterday. Yeah. Against Miles Garrett. At least not that I saw. Now, full disclosure, I stopped watching the game in the third quarter. Uh, I don't think anything changed. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe it did. <laughs> I doubt it. I could not tell you. But what I will say is <clears throat> when you do that, the problem with that is now you're blocking five people with six, six. or seven guys. Which means you're taking somebody out of You've these. got three guys in, 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 uh, in a route concept with six guys covering them. Covering them. You're not going to win very often six on three. If they can double cover everybody you send out, that's, that's not good odds. And maybe that's. 
So Tim Kelly's kind of in a damned if you do, damned if you don't type situation. I mean, he is. And and again, it all comes back to the offensive line, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you've got to be able to protect your quarterback. And I'm just curious if – trust me, I I don't think that – I don't think they had a very good – I don't think they have very good route concepts. I don't think they have very good scheme at all. But But I think Cleveland kind of blew up whatever they did have, too. Well, I mean, you go back to, to week one. They they didn't have great route concepts and and whatnot. So and did it really didn't last week. They were able to get you know able to get some 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 yardage out of uh, out of Derrick Henry, which they got zero from yesterday. Derrick Henry had negative fantasy points. I mean, dude, Oof. this here's the thing: is we're sitting here in week three, and I don't know that Derrick Henry has a hundred yards rushing. <laughs> Through three weeks? Yeah. And we all know that in order for – and look, I am not saying that Ryan Tannehill is going to win us football games. That's not what the Titans need him to do. It's not what they've asked him to do. They never asked him to win football games. What they asked him to do was keep defenses honest. Well, if they don't have to worry about the run because they're getting penetration on every single play – then you're asking Ryan Tannehill to do something that he's probably not capable of doing. Not capable of doing in this offense. It, particularly in this offense. Because to be able to throw the ball downfield, you've got to have time for those routes to develop. And on top of that, three times yesterday, Ryan Tannehill made fantastic throws that were dropped. Two of them by Traylon Burks. And one of them particularly that I tweeted after and said, that's a, that's a catch that A.J. Brown makes 10 times out of 10 because he's just strong enough to make the catch. It hit him in the hands with a guy draped on him, and he just couldn't bring it in. A.J. Brown makes that catch 10 times out of 10. If Traylon Burks is supposed to be our A.J. Brown, he's got to make that catch. So I, I just – there are there are issues everywhere, but I still feel like if you sure up the offensive line and you Enough get them of to, the other issues get mitigated by a decent offensive line. Every other issue changes. Because you get more time. You have more running lanes. Tajay Spears has been fantastic. He caught four balls yesterday. So yeah. Um, anyway, that's just kind of, I, I just feel like the Titan situation is, is offensively. And, and the toughest thing about it is, again, I mean, as Terry talks about having to take a look at Will Levis and, you know, if they get to one in five or somewhere along through there, you, you have to think about that. But again, the AFC South is still winnable. Even at one and five. Okay, but do you want to win it? I think I think any time you have an opportunity to win. But you're not gonna win a Super Bowl, so all you're gonna do is put yourself all in you a bad not, draft position. I mean all you're gonna do is put yourself in a bad draft position. 
You're going to end up drafting 18th, 19th, 20th, and you can't get a left tackle there. We've said it before on this show. This is not a fan base that's going to take tanking or not playing to win very well, I don't think. Especially when you are, you know, touting a new stadium that a good portion of the community is not for. Well, that being said, can you withstand that? Can, can you withstand that hate, or would you rather be basically mediocre? And I would rather have a frustrated base tank and get a decent draft pick so we can be good in the future, versus having a frustrated fan base because we're mediocre every year. And occasionally we take the number one seed and then we blow it. <laughs> it's, it it's, it's kind of a catch-22, but it's also kind of a win-win. If you're going to have a frustrated fan base. Might as well get something out of the frustration. Might as well get something out of it. So that's kind of the, I don't know. I mean, do you want to win the division? I think, I think that it would be really hard for a Mike Vrabel team to, to commit to, to tanking. I mean, I think it'd be really hard for Mike Vrabel to commit to tanking. And that's what I'm saying. I don't. I don't think that he would. Be, I don't think he's built like that. Yeah, and, and so it, it would be really difficult to to kind of put him in a situation like that. I don't know that he would. Be uh, able to other tank. than just we have giving giving him giving him subpar personnel. I mean, which I mean, which he's coached up. Yeah, that, I mean, so, heck, he, he he took the top overall seed one year with personnel that probably had no business being there. So I, I don't know, man. I just, I just feel like, uh, I feel like week six is kind of, that's where we find out. By the way, the Titans are a slight favorite. One and a half points. Over the Bengals right now next Sunday. I mean, if Joe Burrow doesn't play, that changes everything. I, oh, it I, certainly changes a lot. Is Vegas not think, not expecting them to play? I don't know. I don't. I don't, I don't know, what, know what. Is. I don't know what there is that makes the Titans a one and a half point favorite over the Bengals. No. I don't. The math ain't mathing. Who knows? Who knows? Vegas knows. Vegas knows something. Let's take a break. When we come back, let's keep talking NFL. Plenty of things to get to. Rapid fire NFL reactions right after this on Main Street Sports Today. Presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Be back after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net.
Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. You can't see the sights without the sounds. From the crack of the bat to the roar of the crowd and everything in between, discover what Hit City has to offer. Spend your nights cheering on the Nashville sounds at First Horizon Park with giveaways, fireworks shows, theme weekends, and more. Single game tickets are on sale now. Visit NashvilleSounds.com to claim your seat today. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yao and Mo Patton here on this Monday Mirror edition as we look back at the world of sports from the weekend. And Mo, before we get into the NFL, wanted to mention that we said it in the rundown, but how about Connecticut? Connecticut's son getting a big win over New York in game one behind DeWanna Bonner's 20 points. Just we have mentioned Dewana Bonner, what, twice in the last three keep shows? It, keep it going for her, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think there's a lot of um, anti-liberty sentiment <laughs> amongst WNBA followers. So go, son. Well, I think I, I think a lot of folks are, you know, upset with them and Las Vegas. Well, I mean, they've been the favorite. Stacking their team. Well, stop us. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's that, that's kind of I mean that's where the anti mm -hmm. 
you know, that's where the hate's coming from. But yeah, Connecticut with a big win there. Obviously, always cool to see the small market teams win, even if it is Connecticut. How small a market is Connecticut? Well, I mean, where I mean, they play. Yeah. It's, I mean, how small a market is Wisconsin? Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> but but yeah, it's it's always cool to see that. But you know, I gotta feel like the the Liberty are gonna bounce back and and with a vengeance. Yeah, yeah, that happens. that's you know, it's kind of like poking the bear. To some degree, you know, You've have you it. have you awakened them? And if so, are you are you ready for the awakening? Yeah. So into the NFL we go. Josh Dobbs, we mentioned it earlier, leads the Arizona Cardinals. And Dennis Daly. <laughs> yes. Josh Dobbs and Dennis Daly, baby. Yeah. The 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 uh, Titans legends. Titans legends. Mm. Uh, <laughs> as they get a big win. Over the Cowboys, 28-16 for their first win of the year. That's not going to be great for the the, the the tanking that folks think the Cardinals are doing. Yeah, they're supposed to be tanking for Caleb, right? Yeah, they're tanking in general. I don't know who for whom. It's tough to tank when you've got a contract like Kyler Murray's on your, on your books. Well, it, I mean – the good thing is that to tank for someone at that position. Well, the good thing is that there's there's a rookie maximum. <laughs> so there's that they get them for cheap. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but Josh Dobbs, 17 of 21 for 189 yards and a touchdown. 17 of 21. Oh, and James Conner, by the way, absolutely fantastic. I mean, <clears throat> 14 for 98 touchdown. Had a had a. A big catch. Anytime that guy does well, yeah. you like to see it, given his his history. You know, his history. Yeah. Absolutely. And given the fact that he's on my fantasy team. Oh. So particularly, I love seeing it. So, of course, I, it, it, it didn't matter. Everyone else is hurt. So <laughs> I, literally, Austin Eckler, uh, the, the, the J.K. Dobbins. I picked up J.K. Dobbins back up, and he got hurt. <laughs> He went out at halftime after running for 50 yards on 11 carries in the first half. It's like, geez, man. Uh, and, and, and so now I'm out here just trying to find somebody that needs a wide receiver that can spare a running back. <laughs> and I found a guy because Mike Williams of the San Diego or San, San Diego lost. <laughs> Mike Williams of the Chargers. They're to, always going to be the San Diego Chargers. Might don't? as well be. I'm, yeah. I'm with it. But uh, he goes out with an ACL. He's done for the year. So. It's not ideal. <laughs> Keenan Allen had 18 catches for 215 yards for the Chargers yesterday, and they went over the Vikings. The Vikings were 0-3, by the way. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, what? What's worse, the... NFC North or the AFC South? Uh, that's a really good question, actually. Let's look. Kirk Cousins. I mean, the Lions are looking really good right now. The Lions are looking like they got a shot at this thing. So, as long as they don't screw up from here. But I thought, I mean, I thought it was you know interesting day yesterday. Of course, like I said, Josh Dobbs. Uh, C.J. Stroud outplaying Trevor Lawrence and just absolutely dominated 
You love way. to see it. The Texans <laughs> dominated the Jaguars. The Jaguars, man, media darlings. No, I mean, C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson, um, a defensive-minded coach. And maybe Houston's not as far off as we wanted to make them be. Well, the Colts are leading the division. They're two and one. The only team in the division is two and one. And they beat Baltimore, who is pretty good. They shouldn't have beat Baltimore. Baltimore well, got hosed <laughs> on that interference play over oh, the middle. Yeah. They did. That wasn't called. Yeah, that was brutal. That was brutal. And, I mean, um, what's the kicker's name? From Indianapolis? No, 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 no. Oh. Uh, Justin Tucker. Yes. When has he ever missed a money kick? Short. 61 yards is a long way, but Justin Tucker does not miss past 50 with the game on the line. Almost ever. ever. I don't know that Until yesterday. Yeah. He was perfect, I think. I mean, man. So. Yeah. I mean, the stars lined up right for Indianapolis yesterday, despite Garner Minshew stepping out the back of the end zone for a safety on one play. I mean, hey man, that happens. You're right. <laughs> anyway, Minshew did have a pretty good game, though. I mean, as far as other than the go, safety, as far as backups go, but it, it doesn't hurt when you've got guys running for 120 yards. No, Zach Moss, 30 carries, 122 yards. I, I look the the NFL right now is, and this is the way they want it. They want mm. it this way every year. Who's undefeated? Who's undefeated? Yeah. Well, that's a great question. Let me see, because I just had the standings up, and then I clicked away because I didn't think I needed them. The Dolphins, <laughs> the Eagles, they play tonight, mm-hmm. right? As well as the Bucks and the 49ers. Are so the, the Eagles and the Bucks are both undefeated, and they yes, play each other. They play tonight. Okay. And then so three and are the 49ers. The, the 49ers and the Dolphins, and that's it. So the Dolphins are the only team in the AFC that's undefeated. That's correct. So coming out of tonight, you're going to have three teams at 3-0. Correct. Wow. At least. You could have. That's it. Eagles and Bucks play each other. I thought there was somebody else that was 2-0. I'm sorry. No. Eagles, Bucks, 49ers, Dolphins. And then Rams and who did we say? Bengals play tonight. Yeah, but neither of them is correct. Bengals are zero two. Yeah, I mean this is. I mean, has parity hit? How good are the Dolphins, man? They're good enough to hang seventy on Denver. Seventy points—that's a lot of points, y'all. <laughs> you think the the Miami Dolphins had more yards yesterday than the Titans have all season? Yep. And the Jets, for that matter. They play at Buffalo next week. I mean, that's... And Josh Allen ain't showed me a whole lot. Well, I mean, they're, they're, they've won their last two. Of course, it's the Raiders and the Commanders, so you take that as you will. Right. But, yeah, I mean, this is... To me, it looks like the, the Dolphins are kind of the class of the AFC right now, along with the Chiefs, and that's you it. Who expected that? All right. Well, I mean, kind of. 
I, I mean, I, seriously, like I, I thought the Dolphins would. I thought the Dolphins would would win the division this year, but I didn't think they'd be three and zero. I didn't think they'd be. I didn't think Tua Tua Tungavaloa was the you know MVP after three weeks. Didn't think they were going to score seventy on anybody. On anybody, even as bad as. Why did why did Sean Payton take that job? Outside of money, why do you take the job? Wasn't a good job. Because he felt like whatever was wrong with Russell Wilson he could was the fault of the previous coaching regime and he could fix it. And you know, I had I had a ultra successful high school football coach tell me almost 30 years ago that that is the shortcoming of every coach. Every coach feels like every situation, whatever's gone on there in the past, I can fix it. Okay, but. (laughs) Right. Okay, but. 65% completion rate, six touchdowns, two picks. He's been sacked 10 times in three games. So what does that sound like to you? Sounds like their offensive line isn't great either. <laughs> and, well, and it all and, starts up front. And when your number one receiver is a is a speedster like Jerry Judy, mm-hmm. you got to have time to let him to, get down the field. To, to let him speed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got to let him go. And, it, and their defense is just not very good. Mm-hmm. They, they have four sacks on the year total. Uh, tackles for loss, I don't see that on here. But they're, they're not very good defensively. Obviously, they gave up 70 freaking points. Yeah, and that's going to kind of skew things a little bit, too. Well, they gave up 35 to the Commanders, who scored, what, three yesterday against the Bills? 35. So, so that's 105 in two games. Yeah. And, and game one wasn't much better. Oof. <laughs> Man. Yeah, well, you so, know, you may not be the only one asking why Sean Payton took that job. Sean Payton may be asking. He why may Sean be Payton asking himself, going, well. "Okay, uh, I didn't realize that. Like, I, I knew I could fix the offense. Offense ain't the problem." Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> does Sean Payton pull a <laughs> does Sean Payton pull a Bobby Petrino at some point? Maybe. Put notes in he, people's lockers. Yeah, he. he Sorry, y'all. He may pull. I can't do it. He may pull two Bobby Petrinos at once, put notes in lockers, and then get on the motorcycle. And get on a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who knows? Mm. Uh, yeah, but but yeah, I thought I thought that you know the weekend was was really interesting. Did you see the final play for the Vikings? No. So they couldn't get the crowd to shut up, and they couldn't get the play call. Mm. And there was miscommunication. It's on a bad combination. <laughs> it's like you're you're the home team. Shut up. You're not helping us. Stop doing stupid stuff to hurt the team. <laughs> oh man! But yeah, then that gives the Chargers, you know, making at least one coach happy this week. The Chargers. Yeah, the Chargers beat the Vikings twenty-eight. Yeah, but I mean, the Chargers who aren't great either. Well, uh, yeah. How bad is this? You they gave up uh, Justin Herbert. Completed 40 passes for 405 yards yesterday. They had 445 yards passing because Keenan Allen had one for one with a touchdown, 49 yards. God. 
<laughs> he also had 215 yards receiving. So dude had 260, what, five yards of, of offense. That's nuts. Especially in the, they, in the league. They ran for 30 yards, Mo. They ran 15 times for 30 yards. Oh. Josh Palmer lost a fumble. That's unfortunate. Mm. But did have a touchdown. That's touch. Yeah, that's what I thought. So. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, so here's my question. Is it Tavis? Or is it Trailer? What's the new cute couple name for Oh Travis and Tavis? Uh, it's gotta be gotta be trailer. It's 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 a trailer for yeah. tra Yeah. I think Tavis. Tavis is good. I, you know, honestly, did you see did you see the the, the chief sideline? The Chiefs sideline throughout the entire game, you have people looking at like, who? That's who? <laughs> Dude, that's Taylor Swift. I like, was shocked I mean, she seriously. didn't have a jersey on, though. She had a Chiefs windbreaker on, but she didn't have an 87 jersey on. I was a little, I mean, maybe she's in, but she ain't all the way in. So she was in the suite with his mom. They're BFFs, man. I, look, I, this is the most insane thing ever. Because you know who's loving it is the NFL, right? Oh, the NFL is absolutely in love with this. Speaking of the NFL and music, music musicians, U S H E R R A Y N O N D. Tell me what you're going to do with me. I'm going to put you at the halftime of the Super Bowl. There we go. Usher Raymond will be the halftime Super Bowl. How about that? And you said 10 years ago this makes a great a great decision and someone else said 20 years ago and both of you are right, but 15 either way. I mean, yeah, I, I'm just not sure. It, it, it's exactly what the NFL wants because the target audience are millennial women. Millennial women are the target audience. And well, it's funny because it's funny at some point over the weekend, I saw something somewhere about Pink should do the Super Bowl show. Really, Chuck? Thought would be a pretty good call. But uh, it's the same. Yeah, same, same genre, same, same era, same time uh -huh. frame. Yeah. That's, that's who they're after. They're after the millennial women. And every millennial woman was dancing to Usher in the club 15 years ago. So if they, you want to get them, they, watch, they may not want their families to know. But oh yeah, that, there's a song by maybe Clay Walker. It's called "Mama." For she was Mama, and yes, that would fit perfectly here. Mm. <laughs> mm. So I've not I, heard the song, but I get the idea. <laughs> you know exactly what it is, mm. and it's, it's exactly that. So I don't know. I just. It, I, the NFL is making some interesting decisions, and of course, uh, Taylor Swift is certainly helping out. Apparently, Bill Belichick said that's Travis Kelsey's biggest catch ever. Dang, and Belichick is not wrong. Yeah, that's that's a solid catch. I, literally everyone, you know, who's the least happy about it? Brittany Mahomes. 
That's like, are you kidding me? Mm. Right now? Mm. <laughs> There's only room here for one of us. Yeah. So well, Brittany's going to go there. <laughs> Taylor ain't going nowhere. No, I don't think so. Wow. Oh man, let's take a break. College football reactions right after this on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. You can't see the sights without the sounds. From the crack of the bat to the roar of the crowd and everything in between, discover what Pitt City has to offer. Spend your nights cheering on the Nashville sounds at First Horizon Park with giveaways, fireworks shows, theme weekends, and more. Single game tickets are on sale now. Visit NashvilleSounds.com to claim your seat today. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our Ortho Quick Walk-In Clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net.
Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton. Uh, Mo. Chris. College football reactions. Number one, is Alabama good again, or is Ole Miss just Ole Miss? <laughs> is Alabama good again, like two weeks ago good? Or, uh, or like good good? I, I don't think Ole Miss is Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss may have a little bit of a mental block about Alabama. But I, I Chris Vanini from the Athletic maybe put this forth over the weekend. I don't know if anybody's good. It's true. Uh, Jackson State is. But other than that. <laughs> no, he, Because they beat Eastern Michigan? Listen, man, I don't want to talk about it. Look, yeah, look, you brought it up. No, I know. <laughs> Look, is anybody good? Yes, there are some good teams out there. I, I I think there are three. Because teams I mean, I, I think Washington is good. I think USC is good. I think Ohio State and Notre Dame are both good. I I, I watched that Ohio State Notre Dame game. I was impressed with both teams. I watched, and I'm I'm a little bit ashamed to admit it. <laughs> I watched Penn State and Iowa just Jeez. to see. How bad Iowa is. Did you have to wash your eyes out with soap when you were done? Peroxide. Jeez. Yeah. Four first downs. 96 yards-ish. Still more than Tennessee. Still more than Titans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, no. so I don't, I, don't know, I don't know how good Penn State is because they beat Iowa. Uh, I think I think Oregon's good. I think a lot of teams out west are good. I think <laughs> I think Texas is pretty good. Yeah, I, I think I'm coming around to the idea that maybe Texas is good. Here's here's who I don't think is good, at least to the level that they need to be. Georgia? I don't think Florida State, Clemson, Georgia. Uh, Alabama. Well, certainly not Clemson. Tennessee's not as good as they were last year. And, and well, we knew Tennessee they, wasn't going to be as good as they were last year because Hendon Hooker. Dude, I picked him in the national championship. <laughs> yeah, well. So we, it must mean you have a mouse in your pocket. I don't know. <laughs> Unless you're talking about JK. Cause, mm. but, but yeah, I mean, it's, it is a, I don't think Michigan's as good as they were last year. Uh, Nobody in the Big Big Twelve outside of Texas. Texas is Oklahoma beat Cincinnati by fourteen points. That wasn't a great win. Oh, at Cincinnati, it might have been. And glad Cincinnati covered because I picked them to cover. But I, I just I don't know that that we, just makes I don't know that that makes no. It doesn't good. give you any confidence. No, no. So I don't know. It's a great question. I, I really feel like that this season is. The most parity we've well, ever as seen we just talked about in the NFL. It's just a weird year. It's been a weird three or four weeks for sure. Yeah, no question. Now, and I don't know that it's gonna get any less weird. I, we'll see. I, I think you're probably right. I mean, it's. There is plenty of opportunity for the weirdness to continue and to only get weirder. Hmm? I, uh, I, I want to get to this next question. Well, uh, Oregon, as we talked about, proved they're legit. 
What did we learn about Colorado? I don't think we learned anything about Colorado that we didn't already know. Which is? They have improved the talent level of their roster from being 1-11 last year. And they're not good enough in the trenches to be a top program. Yeah. Yet. Yeah, sure. I, I think that's anybody that wasn't caught up in the hype of what's going on in Boulder knew that. Here, I'm going to throw A lot of people were caught up in the hype. I'm not sure. And we said it when they were 2-0. We don't know who they've beaten. I don't know that Colorado deserved to be in the top of the And it's almost like folks set Colorado up. They did. A lot of folks set Colorado up. But let, let, let me just throw this out there. And please understand, this is not me being a, a knucklehead about it. Colorado struggled last week against Colorado State with game day in town, right? But they won, as they should. Clearly the biggest game. Now, I know Travis Hunter's out. Huge deal. Don't think it makes 49 points difference. No. But. Well. But. 36. But. Well, yeah, that's right. They did score late, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> biggest game to this point. Deion Sanders is 0-2 in celebration bowls. Can Deion win the big game? <laughs> Uh, seriously, look, I, I'm not. It's it's kind of being funny, but also like he is zero two in celebration, as they would say in the barbershop. And, at, and one know. of them was against a team that was 500. They lost to like South was it South Carolina State two years ago, and South Carolina State was six and five coming into the game. But if you ain't no joke, I'm just saying, <laughs> Jackson State was undefeated. And South Carolina State was, was not <laughs> was, was not undefeated. Yeah. One. So I'm just saying that there may be a correlation here. It's all right. I, but yes, that's exactly what we learned. The two things are not mutually exclusive. Colorado can be good and not be great as good as people think they were or thought they were. I don't know. Again, but I do think you're right. I think I think some people set Colorado. Up I think Colorado was set up a little bit. I think Colorado is what two and one now, three and two, three and one, three and one. Yeah, three and one. I I honestly feel like coming off of one and eleven, anything Colorado does the rest of the year is gravy. I wouldn't disagree. And and here's the thing. Now here's the thing. I, I, I do anything the rest of the year. <laughs> I think Rick George feels that way as well. And and the people who matter. Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, as he and Ed Orgeron said, we coming. And I think they are. Yeah. I, I think they are. But they, they weren't ready for Oregon. They're not ready for USC next week. Nope. With or Especially without at 10 o'clock in the morning. Maybe that makes a difference. Maybe ten o'clock in the morning is not great yeah, for USC. Maybe, maybe they catch maybe they sleep. catch USC before they wake up. Catch them sleeping. <laughs> I thought you were gonna go there. I was just waiting for it. <laughs> oh man! In the ACC though, is Florida State bad? 
Is Clemson maybe not as bad? Is, as our friend Matt Brown said, Duke the best team in the country? To fight and cut Cliffs, even though he's two years removed? Yes. Um, that would really create a different dynamic if Duke is, in fact, the best team in the ACC. Well, college game day is coming to town, baby. They're coming to their city. <laughs> that's awesome. I think that's fantastic. Um, Which not, knocks one of the places they've never been off the list. Well, I thought it was fantastic when college game day came to Nashville yeah, for in me. 2008 for Vanderbilt-Auburn when Vanderbilt went into that game 4-0. I think it's always great when game day goes somewhere that they've never been before because it it's, you know, a tribute Did to what that the team crowd? has done. Did you see the crowd in Alabama for the Alabama-Texas game? It was trash because they don't care. No, because they you don't. Think, it's no big deal. Duke's going to show up. And show out. They are going to show up. So, <laughs> yeah, and, and so I'm, you know, I'm kind of a Duke believer right now. I don't think Florida State's bad, though. I think Clemson – well, they didn't. They didn't play. They barely beat Boston College. Barely beat Boston College. I think this might be a team that is growing into being good. Okay. Jordan Travis makes up for a lot of def deficiencies. He really does. And the problem with Clemson is that you know Clemson is they are finding an identity still. And perhaps they find it this year. Probably not. But I think they're better than we thought they were after week one. Well, thank goodness. I think they're, they're going to make a bowl. It may be the Music City Bowl, but I think they're going to make one. So, um, Florida State is, what, 4-0? Oh? Yes. Okay, they, they play, they're off this weekend, and then they play Virginia Tech. That's going to help. Well, you'd have thought that about Boston College, too. Um, Alas! Then they play Syracuse. We'll see. Then and they we'll, got Duke. And, so. and we'll see you guys tomorrow on Main Street Sports Today, y'all. Come back at 2 o'clock.